the last 20 games of the season, although again, it's, it's been hard not knowing or not going to either the play-in or the playoffs, to see the young players and their growth and their development over these last 20 games quickly in topping last year's draft picks and the three draft picks from this year. Uh, how excited are you about what these guys have been able to do in a difficult season, yet still have this kind of growth. Yeah. You, you know, you asked me in the beginning about the season and the disappointment and, and that part of it. And, and you know, that, that's definitely there. The fact that we're not in the playoffs, you know, we wanted, that was our goal. We wanted to be in the playoffs. We wanted to take a step. But, you know, I feel as though since the all-star break, um, the team's, you know, shown some momentum and has shown some good signs. We've been 11 and 11. We won eight out of our last 13. And the opportunities that have been given to the guys you just referred to, I mean, have been, you know, have, these guys have gotten an opportunity and taken advantage of it. And, you know, for us, that is, that's very exciting. I mean, Jericho going against starting centers, the 58th pick in the draft. Uh, Obi, the last, you know, week or so has just, you know, taking it to another level, scoring a career high 35 last game. Um, Quentin, who, you know, had already established himself in the rotation, Deuce getting minutes uh, and doing a good job with it, quick playing point guard and showing some great signs. And, you know, RJ, we forget RJ is only 21 years old. We have nine players on our team that are 24 years old or younger. And, um, you know, and Julius is only 27. So, you know, all those things take, you know, that we look at that, like, you know, development is key. And this, this part, since this part of the season, we've seen some good development and we just need to work and continue on and build on that. Good of y'all. I am Josh So Focused. I'm French, the bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the Mixtape Podcast. The mix, the mixtape, the mixtape, the mixtape podcast. Sounds a little different, but this is episode 47. And this is a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing mix news of the week. And if you want to find us on our socials, you could check us out first. You could check us out first on Twitter. I feel like three weeks in a row I've just been doing bad on these I mean stumbling twatter it's been longer than that but go ahead <laughs> if you want to find us on our socials you can check us out first on twitter at the next take then go to youtube and search next take videos and if you rather follow on instagram you can find us there at the next take and lastly on facebook at next take media french yo how you feeling, sir? I don't feel too well. This is like my flu game. I feel like I'm sick every other three podcasts, if that's even the same. But I'm, I, I had lovely chase over Jai's nephew. He spent the weekend over here. I happened to so get sick. I happened to just get sick. And yeah, we just going to grind through it. We're going we gonna, to we gonna get through this episode. Like it's any mm -hmm. other one. No excuses mm -hmm. for getting there. How was your week? I did It was all right. Yesterday, I took my kids to the Mohonk Preserve in New York. 
let them enjoy some nature, some learn about some animals, let them do some play, play in the, in the sticks and the grass. And they also drew, drew, drew on some paper and, you know, played with toys and stuff like that. But all that good stuff, all that good stuff. As long as they have fun, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Last week on Knicks Take Podcast, we went over the landscape of the playoffs and how the Knicks ended their season with Obi scoring his career-high 46 points against the Toronto Raptors in that win. Ended the season off on a good note. What else we, we talked about last week? Well, I, I don't forget in that same game that Emmanuel quickly dropped his first 30-point triple-double and became the youngest Nick player to do so in, I believe, Nick's history. Also, I wanted to cover something that I didn't mention last week. The Atlanta Hawks were also one of the teams who played their way in to the playoffs from the play-in. Made their way from outside from, I believe they were the, the 10th seed. They were either the 10th or the 9th seed. That I don't recall. But... They're now the eighth seed, or rather, they were the eighth seed. I'll feel more comfortable mentioning why I can talk about this now as opposed to last week, a little bit later. Also, I didn't mention that letter that Leon Rose wrote to Knicks fans at the end of the season. And I'll actually I'll do a little bit of reading, unless French you... No, no, I don't think you want to read. You're feeling too sick. I don't want to let the folks down at home listening to me sniffling coughing and all that so you got and and, and stumbling and stumbling <laughs> so leon rose wrote this letter to to season ticket holders to the best fans in the world as we enter an off season that will provide opportunities to build on the team's momentum down the stretch i want to say thank you for your unrelenting commitment to our franchise as the next season ticket member off the hardwood navigating the pandemic over the last two years has been a challenging time for all New Yorkers especially, and I want to thank you for sticking with us. You are a most valuable member of our Knicks family, and we appreciate your loyalty, support, and passion. The 2021-22 season did not end the way we would have liked, but it will serve as an integral learning experience for our team. When I arrived at this organization just over two years ago, I shared with you my commitment to building a winning, hardworking group worthy of your support, while emphasizing player and team development. These commitments remain true to this day, and I am particularly proud of the growth, improvement, and fight of our young core this season. We currently have nine players 24 years of age or younger and eight players who are still on their first contracts. We recognize this team build will be a steady climb, but there are real examples of progress and success, especially from our young core, that we can acknowledge and celebrate. Just want to pause in the middle of the letter just to... to just talk about how the emphasis of the young core. The letter so far is on the young core, on the fact that this is a commitment to building a winning, hardworking group worthy of your support and emphasizing player and team development. So I'm going to go now, I'm going to head back to these last three, four paragraphs. In our ongoing commitment to deliver winning basketball and culture. To you and the city of New York, we will continue to strategically utilize the valuable assets we have at our disposal. We possess 13 draft picks in the next three years, four in the first round and nine in the second. 
providing us with a variety of ways to improve our team and complement our young core. We have worked hard to maintain financial flexibility, which is a key factor to developing success in this league. And we are backed by tremendous support and resources from ownership. These are all vital ingredients needed to manufacture a winning team. Our coaching staff is at the heart of our young core's development and confidence to compete at the highest level, as well as our vets' ability to produce in their roles. We have seen multiple players take leaps over the last two seasons under Coach Thibodeau's tutelage and commitment to playing the right way. We plan to build a winning culture thoughtfully, and we have the means to do so through the players and assets I have outlined above. The future of New York Knicks basketball will be exciting, and I will continue to work relentlessly to make this team one you can be proud of. I look forward to seeing you back at the Garden next season. Leon Rose, president of the New York Knicks. So that on top of the interview from last week, or excuse me, not from last week, from the last game of the season against the Toronto Raptors, Leon Rose is out here saying everything that he needs to say, doing what he needs to do. You know, some people are out here upset because he's not giving interviews or whatever, but I heard I'm hearing everything that I want to hear from the GM and he's operating in a way that I feel like he should. How do you feel, French? I feel like he addressed everything that Knicks fans wanted to hear for the most part outside of like saying that we're going to trade Julius Randle. But we ain't gonna get that. <laughs> he basically yeah, said the emphasis is on the young core. Mm hmm focusing more on team development and player development mm -hmm. um, not one over the other which is what more do you want as a fan to hear you want to see quickly become the player that he's going to become you want RJ to be the player he's going to become but you also want team success to follow so yep. <clears throat> if you're if the if the president of the organization is on the same like he's on the same pages of the Knicks fans. Like, what is there to complain about? Maybe the media wants a chance to grill him on the the front. Of, I mean, the uh, free agent decisions that they made. But only thing Knicks fans really cared about was the development of the young core, and they developed this year. And that's what the the president is focused on going into this offseason. If he would have been saying that the 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 priority is free agency and getting some better players here, then we would be worried. But there's no reason to be worried. We're hearing everything we want to hear. They're addressing all the things that we wanted to wanted to be addressed for the most part. And I'm happy with it. Speaking of the young poor, Knicks have the now the projected 11th pick in the upcoming draft as a result of New Orleans catapulting themselves into the playoffs. And because the Pelicans had a worse record than the Knicks, but are in the playoffs, they gave up their lottery odds and are now going to receive the 15th pick, which is going to go to Charlotte. Okay, so we could have been 12 and now we're 11. It's better odds. Yep. And uh, every time I go and take it, thon, I always do the, the sim lottery. Sim lottery. <laughs> and most of the time we stay at 11. I'm fine with staying at 11. We did get pushed back more times than we ended up in the top four, but we did get in the top four a few times. So I'm just going to hope that if we do get into that top four, we end up like, I don't even have a, pre a preference. If we, if we get four, I'm happy. Three, I'm happy. Two, I'm happy. One, I'm happy. 
all four of those players I'd want to see on the Knicks. Some more than others, like Paolo. I'm a big Paolo Mantero fan. Chet, I'm a big fan of his, but he does need to gain a lot of weight. But it doesn't seem to hinder the player that he is and the player that he's going to become. So I'm perfectly fine replacing Mitch with Chet, if that's a possibility. I like most of the players in the top 10. There's maybe like a few players that I do, that I do want us to draft if we do stay at eleven or ten or twelve. I mean, but well, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that, yeah. <laughs> or in a very special episode, who knows? In the next few weeks. Yep. All right. Um. So we're gonna get into go from that to off-season needs and free agency. Areas that the Knicks absolutely need to fill. But before we actually talk about that, let's discuss that the Knicks need to look into getting rid of some of these veterans. Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, Derek Rose, Evan Fournier, Taj Gibson, Julius Randle. No particular order. Doesn't need to be all of them. Does need to be most of them, though. Even if we don't get rid of them, even if we bring every single player back from from this year to next year, there needs to be rotation a big shift in the rotation for sure fournier coming off the bench is an asset i'm gonna talk about that more later in the episode like randall maybe he's one player that just does not fit because there's no possibility where he comes off the bench but outside of that everyone else i really don't have a huge problem with them staying even nerlands I don't have any problem with any of them staying at all, but the problem is that the reason that they're on this team more more than any other reason is because they're tradable. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying, but Alec Burks off the bench is an asset. Right? Derrick Rose off the bench is an asset. Every single one of these guys off the bench is an asset. And every one of these guys could also start and be an asset in the right role. And then if you want to focus on the future, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Cam Reddish, Quentin Grimes. There's just not enough, not enough spots in the rotation to do all of that with all of these guys if you keep all of them somebody actually more than one is not going to be able to get significant minutes out of our youth so that's why the Knicks need to look into getting rid of some of if not most of or all of the veterans so if we are able to get rid of Julius Knicks need to look at getting bigger Right, we need to either keep Mitchell Robinson, who is going to be probably is that's probably the, the top two consideration for the Knicks. What's going to happen with Mitch? Right, either keep him or look for a good partner for Obi at the five spot. Point guard is going to be a spot that the Knicks should at least look into for a quality starter, with the keyword being quality starter. Knicks also need a wing that's going to accentuate R.J. Barrett's positives and cover up his negatives. That's something that I don't think Evan Fournier or Alec Burks does particularly well. 
I think they do some of that, but we need we need a good defender next to RJ. And we need somebody who plays well off of the ball and doesn't need the ball in their hands. Alec Burks needs the ball in his hands just a little bit too much. Evan Fournier doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands, but he can't defend worth anything. So we need somebody who can bring the best, best of both worlds into that starting lineup. You got anything that you disagree with there, French? Yeah. I don't, I, I do see the need for a point guard starter to come onto the roster. But there's only really one prospect in the NBA who's going to be a free agent this summer who I would even in, entertain as being that player. And if it's not him, I don't really see a need to pick up another point guard. We have Deuce, we got IQ, and we got D Rose. That's more than enough for me. And if an injury happens during the season, I'm sure there's going to be a point guard on the waiver wire that we could pick up. That's not going to be a, a, a huge, significant impact to our cap space. We could probably draft the point guard better than the point guard. Why do you like to have? Why do you like to argue with me and then say the exact same thing I just said? Then I just say we just need a quality starting point guard, right? You just said a whole lot of the same thing as what I just said. Yeah, but if, if we have if we, if we, that's why I'm saying it's not a huge need. Like a point guard for me, if we don't address in the draft and if Jalen Brunson isn't available, I don't feel like we need to really sign nobody. So that's why I'm saying it's not. That's the one part where I disagree with, and well, since you started else, talking but, about, yeah. since you started talking about free agency, which I think you're leaning a little bit too much into the free agency aspect, but let's let, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about who the target free agents for the Knicks would be. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, me personally, I I don't know if uh, Leon Rose would even look toward these guys, but my my opinion, I think these guys would fit onto the roster. Obviously, Zach Levine, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And if you want to replace the shooting guard Fournier uh, role with someone who's a solidified star, yeah, Zach Levine's not going to be the 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 face of the franchise or anything like that, but he's definitely going to be an all-star for the Knicks. I feel like he and RJ would fit together well. IQ and Zach Levine together in the backcourt would be a nice formidable front I mean backcourt he just would have to focus more on defense and but that's just the dream scenario I'm 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 not really expecting that to happen I'm more so leaning towards guys like Dwight Howard Gary Payton the second these are guys that we could get to just shore up the defense in in a case where Mitchell Robinson doesn't come back we got Dwight Howard to come off the bench for Jericho Sims and I think Jericho Sims is gonna make a big leap this summer and He's super athletic. He's strong. He would learn so much under a guy like a Dwight Howard. So that's why I would lean more towards him in the free agency. If not Dwight Howard, maybe a Bismack Biombo guy who's been around the, the, the NBA for many years. Had a, a, a crazy playoff performance that got him a big contract back when he was in Toronto and then later, later left for, for the Charlotte Hornets. I think He's shown that he's still got something left in the tank, as you see on uh, Phoenix. And I think he would be a good mentor toward Jericho Sims as well. Last but not least, Jalen Brunson. If 
he's gettable for us to for the New York Knicks because Dallas wouldn't want to pay him as much as he deserves. And we've seen him drop a 40-piece when uh, Luka wasn't even in the lineup in the playoffs. Got the Dallas Mavericks a 2-0 lead with him, Dinwiddie being the two main scorers. So I think he his play style would mesh so well with this with this lineup because he just has a a real solid pedigree. He's a, a, a solidified point guard. He has great IQ. He doesn't, you're not gonna rush him to do anything. You're not gonna speed him up or slow him down. He's gonna get to his spots. And he's young. He's a 25-year-old point guard who hasn't really gotten an opportunity on Dallas except for this year with the Jason Kidd. And I think he would just step right into New York and fit right in. That's just my opinion. What about you? What are your 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 dream free agents for this year? I I mean I pretty much would like to see everybody that you said. Only thing is the only realistic prospects that I'm seeing are Jalen Brunson, Colin Sexton, and Mo. If Orlando's willing to trade him, maybe the, maybe I don't know if I want Mo Bamba. Maybe DeAndre Ayton, if he's done with Phoenix after they failed to pay him. The one reason I didn't list DeAndre Ayton is because he's on Phoenix. But if we were going to miss out on Mitch and we were able to sign DeAndre Ayton, we would not be complaining at all. We would be extremely happy as Knicks fans. And I don't. What you about to say about Mo? What was you about to say about Mo? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm just saying I don't see it in Mo no more. Like he, yeah, he could shoot, but he's not. He's not starting center quality for New York, at least. I don't think I don't think he's going to be a starter here. If anything, he'll probably be a backup. And I'm not sure he does the things that Tibbs wants to see from a, from a center enough to even get time on the court. So I don't know if we would trade a first-round pick for him because that's what Orlando's saying that they would want. For Mo Bamba? No, yeah. they're not going to get it first round. I mean, maybe. We could we could give him a Dallas, one of the Dallas first. So, like, the Knicks have four picks over. If you listen to what Leon Rose said, the Knicks got four first-round picks in the next three years. We can give up one if we need to. And I think Mo Bamba would fit, especially if he comes to that early practice for Tom Thibodeau and, and figures out how... Tibbs wants him to operate. I think Mo would work well with with Tibbs. He's a, he's a rim protector. He's got he's got his uh, shot blocking numbers. So I, I I don't I I do think that it is a low cost pickup for the Knicks if they yeah if they decide to pick up Mo Bamba from the Orlando Magic. Will they? Eh, probably not. They probably would look more at DeAndre Ayton if DeAndre Ayton. Was I think it's contingent on if the Suns, yeah, I think it's if the Suns don't make it to the finals, I think they he's going to look back at this last season and be like, why am I going through this this situation that I could have avoided if you guys had offered me an extension? Like, there's really no reason for you not to. You just, yeah. what, didn't believe in me? Like, that would be how I could see A.N. being you know, out in these streets talking to these NBA teams, trying to see what he could get. If the Knicks could, could pick could pick him up in a scenario like that, that would be amazing. But ideal, that would be ideal. 
But in lieu of that, we have the draft. And I'm looking at some draft prospects that I'm looking at to fill those positional needs, which is pretty much, you know, all, all throughout the rotation. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Yeah. I think the, yeah. the main needs are point guard in the center, if we need a point guard at all. The draft. Who do you have as our starting wing next to RJ? I think Cam. Cam could, could slide right into that role. But it's something. You're saying could, but... The fact that you're saying could is not, you don't have a solidified. But that's who my answer would be. The two. Of course. The two is something. Of course. If you don't have anybody, of course, if we don't have, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I said throughout the rotation, you could really slot. You could slot somebody in the guard spot. You could slot somebody in the wing spot. You could slot somebody in the big spot. Everything else can be moved around, right? Everything else could be moved around. If you start Obi, you can either start Obi, but if we get a, a a really good power forward and have Obi just soak up minutes at the four and the five, you're not going to be upset with that. And then have Cam Reddish come off the bench to cover the three. Like, yeah, you're not going to be upset with that. That's why I'm saying throughout the rotation, we can, we have guys that can move around. All right. We need a point guard. We need a big. And we need somebody to play next to RJ. Can we get around that with guys already in the rotation? 100% we can. But if we're talking about getting better, this is how we need to look. So in my one through four range, I said I'll take any of the top four if the Knicks happen to make it in that top four spot. But if the Knicks do commit to getting rid of the vets, the Knicks need Chet Holmgren or Jade Knight. I know, French, you said before you... Are a Banchero guy. Mm-hmm. I I love all four of those guys. Any one of them could come on this team, and I'm gonna be happy. But I don't even know who my fourth option would be, like who I would be least excited about. I love all four of them. I say I say Chet over Jabari, over Jabari, and over over uh, Banchero. Jabari shit, bruh. <laughs> he a big man. Like, his shit is water. I say I say Chet because I'm very wary about this whole situation with Mitch. One. But even if we do happen to keep Mitch, I think that we can we can have Chet come off. He needs he needs time to build into build his body anyway. And he that would be what we should have had last year with Mitch and Noel, just 48 minutes of rim protection, right? Not saying that Jericho Sims can't do it or he's not, you know, but Jericho Sims' ceiling is very blocked, whereas Chet's is not. To have Mitch and Chet as your as your your center, your centerpieces at the five, and Chet can also play some four also. That's why I chose him over the other two. I think those two guys, if you get those two. If you get Paolo Jabari Smith, if you get him, if you get either one of those guys, you, you're slotting them at the four. You don't, they're not your, they're not your centers. They're not your bigs. So. Small ball fives for sure. For sure. But are we playing small ball five? Maybe not to start with, games though, but. I think right. all four of those guys have position. I mean, have a with, flexibility to just play the five. With Thibodeau as your coach, 
except for Ivy. Right. So, and then Ivy is the for sure guy that I'm looking for on this team. Why? Because he's the guy, he's the one guy who did this whole draft out of all the guards, out of all of the the players that the Knicks could slot at one or two. He's the he's the highest. He's got the most talent. He's got the most athleticism. He brings something to this Knicks team that they do not already have, which is key. That guy can zoom up the court faster than anybody else, faster than anybody on this team. You know how Obi Toppin goes to the other end of the court and beats everybody? Yeah, Ivy will be... Ivy will be racing up <laughs> from a further distance to catch up to him to lob him the basketball, right? So I think Ivy is going to be key if they if they get to that four spot and he's still there. Yeah, he's going to be key for this team because he's even though he's not a point guard, I don't think this team necessarily needs a, a emphasis on that point guard. We were playing with Alec Burks as our point guard for half this season. And I think Ivy will would be much better suited to that role than anybody else in this draft. I'd be interested to see it for sure. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I think we could I think we could have him start. He'll be listed as the one, but we still have RJ bringing up the ball. If there's a fast break, you give it to him, you give it to Ivy. And, and no matter what, you're in a good situation. So I'm looking at him. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about him in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about all of these guys in the next couple of weeks. The guys that I'm hoping they fall to us, A.J. Griffin, Benedict Matherin, Shaden Sharp, Johnny Davis. I like Sharp. Keegan Murray is not going to fall fall to us at, at 11. Actually, probably none of these guys are going to fall. Probably all these guys, I would bet that all these guys will get taken before they that's why they're all hope they fall keegan murray i think though is pretty much slotted five six at the worst he's not falling any further than that whereas some of these other guys they may fall if somebody decides to pick somebody that we're not expecting it happens every year yeah one of these guys may fall to us and i'd be fine with that i think all these guys bring a different bring something to this team that this team does not have and this team needs Guys that I think for sure will be there at 11 for the Knicks to pick, if all of the above are gone, Dyson Daniels and Jalen Dern. I see a lot of places got other guys listed as going to the I don't think the Knicks pick them. I I don't think the Knicks pick these guys. I think if these, I think based on who falls to us, or if the Knicks move up, these are the names that the Knicks are looking at as far as who do we add to this team. Is there anybody that I did not mention that you think that, or that you've looked at that you feel should be listed? We don't need to get into them, just some names that we need to be on the lookout for. Ty Ty was the only one that... um... I didn't... didn't, That that is who I was kind of referring to. I figured... as (laughs) As mocked to the Knicks. I don't see Ty Ty fit. I, I see Ty Ty as a redundant piece on this team, and he's not starting caliber point guard. So I don't think the Knicks would pick him. 
The other one I was thinking about was Tari Eason from LSU. Mm. Yeah, I did forget about Tari. And I liked um, his game a lot. I thought I thought he would be definitely available at 11. Yeah. Maybe Ochai Agagbi. I don't know how to say his name yet. I'm still early. <laughs> I'm still early on looking in on these guys, but there's a lot of guys that I like in this draft. Yeah, Tari Eason, the power forward out of LSU. And Ochai Agbaji is definitely going to be available. He's currently mocked on Tankathon as going 15th to the Hornets. He's a shooting guard out of Kansas. Mm. Only guy I didn't like that you named was Dyson Daniels. I don't, I don't think he's going to be lottery pick material. I think you, he's one of them guys that should probably fall to 20. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll we'll get I we'll get into we'll get into all of these guys over the next couple of weeks. We're gonna have some draft pods. We're gonna talk about the guys that you like, the guys that I like, why we dislike them, and we'll get into all that for sure. Why don't okay, you tell me some rotations? Yeah, why don't you tell me some rotations you want to see there, friend? Next season. If the roster is not too different, the only thing I really expect out of this starting five unit to change is probably just Randall and Kemba Walker, or if you want to say Alec Burks, since he closed the season. I, I my ideal role would to have Jalen Brunson come in, take over the starting unit. I mean, take over the starting point guard role. If not IQ, either one of those two are, are fine with me. And Obi should be coming into the starting lineup as well. I'm not going to be completely upset if Fournier stays in the starting shooting guard role because I feel like Quickly and Evan Fournier have developed some chemistry since this since last year. And Brunson, he's always going to find the shooters who are hot. And I, I feel like that's what we've been missing all year. So we really have not seen the best out of Evan Fournier yet. As crazy as that seems because he's had pretty good games this year and yep. he hasn't had a point guard to exploit him. He's the most he's had is Julius Randle setting him screens and passing him the ball to get him some shots up and he would exploit mismatch and create his, create his own shots. If he could do all that, plus get set up for open threes, I think he can be very useful as a starting shooting guard. The bench unit, I feel like should be where the most changes since IQ and Obi both will be getting that step up role into the starting five unit. I wouldn't be mad if IQ took Fournier's shooting guard role in the starting five unit if he was assigned Brunson. So I think Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish should most most definitely be in that bench unit with whether we sign big man, Biombo, Dwight, maybe a JaVale McGee, somebody like that if we don't re-sign Mitch. If we do re-sign Mitch, I, I want to see Jericho Sims be as the be our backup uh, big man and Nerlens Noel is probably going to have to just sit out the year. He only would play if one of our big men get hurt. So the rotations for me, I don't really expect much change. I just want to see Deuce, Cam, Grimes on the bench unit, IQ, OB in the starting unit. 
And that's about it. No Randall. Don't want to see Randall next year. What about you? What, the, what, what type of rotations you are hoping to see next year? So I basically have a starting five of Brunson, Dyson Daniels, just as a placeholder. You know, I think whoever the Knicks draft is going to be in the starting lineup. That that that's just how I feel. I'm not entirely sure if that's the case. Even at 11? it's really going to be dependent on Tom Thibodeau. But yeah, even at 11, I think that whoever the Knicks pick, it's going to be somebody that they absolutely love. And if they don't absolutely love them, they're going to trade back. If they trade back, then that's tough. I will have quickly. I'll have quickly move up to that starting to the starting two. So, but otherwise, Brunson, Dyson, Daniels. R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Miles Turner, bench unit quickly, unless he's moved into that starting lineup. Grimes, Reddish, Jericho Sims will be the four-man backup with Deuce McBride playing spot minutes, unless quickly moves up into that starting lineup, and then Deuce will be in the bench, will come off the bench. No, I'm, I'm assuming we trade Randall for Turner. Well, this is assuming that we just get rid of everybody. Because notice I didn't say Fournier. Didn't say Nerlens Noel. Burks. I didn't say any. I didn't, I didn't say Burks. I didn't say anybody. This is basically all young guys in that bench unit. And all young guys in that starting unit. That's what I would like to see. Are you going to see it? Mm. If we trade for Miles Turner. Or if we trade for somebody who's. Uh, if we do a sign and trade for for Aiton, if we get somebody star quality, somebody of certain quality at the five, I think they might be like, okay, cool. We'll have one guy start in who's really good, and then we'll figure out the bench unit after that. But that's what I'd like to see. I, I hadn't that that's not a a rotation that I expect we will actually see though. If we sign Levine, is quiet for all that extra shit. We're not signing Levine. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> we're not signing Levine. All right. The, the Bulls. Let's, let's actually, let's get into, let's get into, we're done with, with, with this, right? Yeah. The, with the draft and all that. So let's talk about what's going, what, what's going on in the NBA before I say what I'm about to say about the Bulls. Mm-hmm. The first round of the playoffs are now over. Today is the first or was it yesterday? Am I bugging? Yeah, today's the first. Day today's the first round. day of the second round. So as of today, and we already have we already have results from a game from the second round. Also, we'll so go ahead. As of today, the Pelicans, the Brooklyn Nets, who got swept by the way, just just throwing that out there. The Minnesota Timberwolves, Utah Jazz, Denver Nuggets, Toronto Raptors, Atlanta Hawks, and Chicago Bulls are now eliminated from the playoffs. The matchups for the second round are set. Warriors and Grizzlies are going to face play off. Today. They play today. The Bucks and Celtics just finished playing. Who won that game? Mm-hmm. The Bucks did. Final score? Final score, Milwaukee Bucks 101, Boston Celtics 89. Which the Celtics, the Celtics were home because they were the two seed. So that's actually an upset. Yeah. Already, so, uh, can you can it be an upset if you're the defending champions? Though, 
I don't know. If you ain't, if you bought the number two seed and you lost at home, it's upset. I don't know if that's upset, but go ahead, keep going. The 76ers are going to face off against the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. And the Phoenix Suns will be facing off against Luka Doncic and Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota. The Dallas Mavericks. The New York Mavericks. So, anyways, I don't think that fresh off of fresh off of the playoffs where you free you wet you were the one seed at one point and you free fell all the way down to six and matched up with the defending champions while you're you know while you're beat up basically you since since you free fall since a couple of your guys fell out of the rotation because they were they were hurt they were injured i don't think that's enough for for Zach Levine to be like, yeah, I'm gonna get up out of here because we're not going nowhere. He was already going to leave. Remember, he tried to sign he, with Sacramento when he was restricted because he never even made it to the playoffs, if you recall. Now Zach Levine felt like he was in a place where he, they ain't nothing getting done, and now they they made, you know, he's playing next to guys that he's gonna be in the playoffs. They, the Bulls are gonna be in the playoffs next year. Like that's not a question. The Bulls are going to make it to the playoffs. Are they going to be one seed? Are they going to be six seed? I don't know. But I think that there's enough rotation and there is enough roster mix-up for him to be like, I'm going to stick around and see what are we going to do here. I we, we happened to match up against the defending champions. We took a game. Like, we can't... Uh, yeah, it was a gentleman's sweep, but... I think we could do better. I think we're gonna. I think we're not gonna finish with the same record that we did this year. I don't think we're gonna finish that way next year. I think we're gonna move up, and I, I think he has good reason to believe that. Demar Derozan's on the team. It's got a. It's, it's a good roster. Rosen right? is thirty two. Uh, did he play like he was thirty two this year? Yeah, oh, but I'm right. gonna expect him to play like that at a level for years. To I'm come. not. I'm not expecting him to drop off that way, and I'm gonna expect. Zach Levine to improve his game, and I'm going to expect Lonzo to be there at the Lonzo end of the year. Next year. Every year, of course he is. I'm going to expect Lonzo to be there at the end of the year. That's all I'm saying. Am I expecting him to be there play all eight? No, I'm not expecting him to play all 82 games. I, I just don't do. Think... I expect no guy. Do I expect him to be there when it's most important? After seeing how this team just fell through the standings without him. Yeah, I think they I think that they know how important he is and I think they're going to do something to address when he's out, who are we going to slot in that in that spot. And if they do that, it's going to be a different year. I just don't see championship ceiling with the Chicago Bulls with that. Oh, I don't I don't either. Don't get me wrong. I just is is Zach Levine gonna go to the Knicks talking about we gonna win a win a ring? No, that's not nah. what I'm saying. I'm saying it's is not he gonna guarantee that he gonna stay in Chicago because they just a good team. I feel like the Knicks are gonna be a good team as well, and they have correct. many players who are developing and they building the entire core around the young players rather than guys they traded they 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 whole young roster for. And we got draft picks to make more moves. So if he was to if come next here, year, we in a better if position next year, to get to a championship team than Chicago. Mm-hmm. Is, I feel like. If next year were this year, 
and the Knicks next year have already shown that their young players are good and we're, and you can make a championship team with them as the base. Yeah, but there's a lot of unknowns with this team. Whereas there's not really that many unknowns. There's not that many unknowns with Chicago. You're taking a leap of faith if you were to come to New York. And I don't think Zach Levine is willing to take that leap of faith. He was willing to leave Chicago because he, he saw a team that wasn't going nowhere with his talent. He already like, that's not, announced that he's going to approach free agency open-minded. So I'm of course just, he is. He's ready to explore. Of course he is. We ready to give stories and tell you everything that's going on with our organization, tell you everything that's going on with our young guys, tell you that the, the ceiling is over here for us. We preparing to get to a point in the Eastern Conference where we want to be the powerhouse team of the East based all around our young guys. I see that coming. I don't see Chicago being a powerhouse for years to come with Lonzo Ball and <laughs> like Alex Caruso. I understand DeRozan was an MVP talks this year, but how many seasons moving forward do you think he's going to continue to be an MVP talks? He's closer not gonna to be, 40 than he is to 20. This this team is is not going to be the same exact team today in the next few years. And we don't know what's going to happen with Patrick Williams. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, yes, Lonzo Ball is always hurt. But he's good. Alex Crusoe is good. Who, they were missing all three of those guys. Who you pick if, with all three of those guys, that's a better team than what they showed in the playoffs. Who you picking between Patrick Williams and RJ? RJ. Patrick Williams and IQ. Who who are you putting who are you putting over DeMar DeRozan on this team? Nobody. But how many players are you going to say okay. that about? There's not many okay. players that you can say can, can can the Bulls trade DeMar DeRozan for a younger good version, a, a good player maybe not as good as DeMar DeRozan, but a player that's going to make this Chicago team really good. I cool. they can. I I don't know who, but I'm saying that DeMar DeRozan just played one hell of a season. Yeah, he's 32, but it, He's going to, he's outperforming his contract right now, right? They could flip him for somebody who's, who's, who, somebody else who's outperforming their contract. And it'll be a good deal. And they will still be good and they'll still be in the playoffs. The Knicks still have to show and prove that they can get back to the playoffs. And that's the thing. If the Knicks went to the playoffs on the backs of Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is a different, completely different question. But ain't nobody looking at the end of this season and saying, I am. I'm looking at the end of this season and saying, this team is going to be really good. And they have the, they have all their best players are on their, are on short contracts or on small contracts. They, yeah, they're going to be due for extensions and they're going to make a lot of money, but this team is very flexible. But, this but we're team, not there yet. This team, we're, we're at flexible. We're not at good. Off the backs of these young They made the playoffs last year on the backs of Julius Randle and, <laughs> right? Julius Randle, well, Julius Randle and everybody else. After the whole season until, last year, they said up. the bench was better than the starting five unit. It was, that's not Correct. something that was new this year. That was off the backs of Emmanuel quickly. Maybe not Obi Top because 
he had a, a pretty bad rookie year up until the end of the year. But mm-hmm. Manuel quickly, R.J. Barrett, all the young players Barrett. around Julius Randle also contributed to that team. It wasn't just it, Julius it mainly. It was mainly Emmanuel quickly and R.J. Barrett, mainly. There, this year, the reason we didn't make the playoffs is because we didn't give the keys to the young guys. And I'm pretty sure this whole season, any way you look of people talking about the Knicks, they talking about how the second unit is still better than the first unit. That's that's an opinion. You, we could say the reason that we made this, the playoffs last year and didn't make it this year is because Julius Randle was not the same player. And you can leave it at that. And you would be right. All right? You would be right. We didn't miss the playoffs by that much. Like, let's be honest. Let's be clear. We didn't miss the playoffs by that many games. So, you know, whether we're talking play-in or play-off, we didn't miss it by that many. We This, this Knicks team could have were... Fourth quarter, come not you know non comebacks right. They were winning in the fourth quarter. Quarter they win all those games. They're in the playoffs probably. If we had a player that was as good as Julius Randle was last year, we make the playoffs. So we could say it's all at the strength of of the kids, but you could also say it's off the strength of everybody else. And Alec Burks. If Derrick Rose is playing, Derrick, Derrick, uh, Derrick Rose, if Nerlens Noel was playing, Nerlens Noel, like those two guys were guys that helped us get to the playoffs last year, too. They weren't there this year season. We could say that we didn't make it to the playoffs because they didn't play. Yeah, but uh, each of their presence wasn't like. It wasn't missed. Nerlens Noel's presence was not missed all season long. We had Mitch. And if Jericho Sims would have been it playing was. more then a lot of Knicks fans believe we would have been a playoff team. We didn't finish out a lot of those fourth quarters, not because we didn't have Julius Randle from last year. It's because Julius Randle started playing like an asshole this year. Taking stupid-ass shots, going at the fans, not being in the team philosophy like he was last year. That's the reason that we didn't close a lot of these games out. He had a lot of high-scoring games, and he still averaged 20 and 10, but he wasn't the same player. And we Those didn't even need for him to be that, the same player. We need him to be just a consistent player. And he was just consistent. Those stupid shots, those stupid shots that he took were the good shots that he took last year, right? He was hitting those shots last year. And then oh. now this year, because he's not hitting those shots, they're stupid shots. They That's were. not true. He was hitting, he was hitting step back three pointers at a way higher clip last season. And now this season, they're dumb shots because he wasn't making them. No, no, no. Right? No, no, no. Because last season, we didn't have no games where Julius Rendu went 1 for 10 from the field, 0 for 9 from 3. And that's what he was doing a lot. No, 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 no. Because that's not stupid shots. That's him not being the same player that attacks the rim. He's only settling for threes because we play in Orlando Magic and we get fucking cooked by them. And we lose that game. That was not happening last year, and that's not a result of stupid shots that was going in last year that wasn't going in this year. It's a his, different his shot, philosophy and how he approached the game every every game. His, and that, his shot diet cost us the season. His shot diet last year was worse than what it was this year. He was he was attacking the paint and the rim a lot more this season than he was last year, which you know it doesn't feel that way because he's missing more shots this year and we and all he wanted him to do was get to the rim more get to the rim more he did get to the rim more this year than he did last year and i'm not saying that he wasn't and he's and he still wasn't really great at that he was good it was he should have done it more but 
The thing is, the, those bad shots where he's one for 10 and then he's still taking step back threes and doing dumb shit. He was doing that last year and he was successful. That's all the I'm difference, saying. difference, but because you're addressing something I'm not really saying. Yeah, he attacked more this year because he could not make a fucking three. Of course he attacked more and he should have attacked more because of that. And he wasn't, is what I'm saying. His shot wasn't falling. He was still shooting a bunch of threes. Just because he attacked more this year does not mean that he took better shots than he did last year. It just means that last year his threes was falling more. So he didn't need to attack as much. He had a good That's diet of shooting in the mid-range. He was the leader in the, uh, and he led the NBA in mid-range shots from the right corner. He didn't do nothing close to that this year. So yes, he should be attacking the paint more because that's where he would be more successful at. But at the same time, you have to take away those other 19 shots from three when you know you're not making none of them. If you're having a good game where you're making it from three, then keep shooting. He had a bunch of six, three games. He had say, what? He went six by eight from three. He had a few games like that. Cool. That's when you shoot. When you're confident, if you know you're not going to make the shot, don't shoot. And he did a lot of that this year, and that's what cost us many games, I felt like. We're saying the same thing. I, I just think that our conclusions are different. And I think that it's unrealistic to ask somebody to completely change their game. Right, because he missed a lot of threes this year. He missed a lot of threes. So basically, shooting threes though. Well, you're not saying to stop shooting threes. You're saying when you're not making your threes to stop shooting them. Which when last year you were just knocking down threes at a at an unrealistic clip. To go from that to doing what you're asking is not. I I don't think it's fair to do one season. One season after hitting all your threes is very difficult to do. And this seems like I'm, I, I'm wondering, I want to get off of this because it seems like a lot of cape for Julius Randle, a guy that I don't really want to defend. But I do want to say that it's not just about, you said, you said, it, oh, he didn't have to play as good as he did last year. No, he didn't have to play as good as he just did last smart. year. That's it. He, yes, just play smart, which for stretches of this year, he did. He played smarter. He played faster. He played He played more intelligent. He played more within the role of the team. That is where it really is, That where we are back on point, where it's like, yeah, that's what he needed to do this year. And because he did not do that, we did not make the playoffs. And because we did not make the playoffs, that makes a lot of this, a lot of the perception about this team to bring it back full circle, not at the way, not the same as the perception as we view this team with, with a, a, a high ceiling, with uh, a good outlook on the future, you know, with, with players that are going to be very good players and star players in this league. Nobody's seen viewing us like that, especially now that, you know, especially with Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly with the games that they had in the last weeks of last weeks of the season. Because it's at the end of the season, nobody's really respecting that. I'm respecting it for my own reasons, but I also am aware of what other players are looking at, what other players are seeing, what other teams are seeing, and how they, this is still an unknown commodity. This is not a commodity where they're going to be good yet, whereas we may feel differently. We feel like they are going to be good 
if we if we ride the backs of Emmanuel quickly of Obi Toppin, right? If we do look at the fact that R.J. Barrett is accomplishing goals, ac- accomplishing things that like only star players have accomplished in this league. You know, we're looking at that, but other people are like, well, yeah, because he's putting up a lot of shots, you know, inefficiently, and he's doing it on a team that's bad. Nobody's looking at it the way that we are. So we have to make this team be a team, the type of team where other people can look at this team the same way that we are in order to reap those benefits, which is why I say Zach Levine is not coming here. I don't think he views this team as that. And even even when even when we've beaten them this year, the Chicago Bulls, I still don't I still think that Zach Levine is is going to look at other teams, other franchises before he looks at us. And that's just me. I could be wrong. Maybe when we come back for next year, uh, I'll have to do an apology podcast. But, you know, until then. Yeah. All right. French, you got anything you want to plug? I do have a movie recommendation for the for the folks out there who's been waiting. And it's not going to be on any social platforms, uh, streaming platforms, I should say. It's in the movie. If you want to just go to the movies and see something that you know is going to be good. I would recommend going to see everything everywhere all at once. It's one of those movies that likes to play with multiple realities, but in a very sort of realistic way, centered around the Asian family. If you don't like uh, following movies with subtitles, then I, I wouldn't recommend this. But I, everything I watch has subtitles because <laughs> I'm blind, first of all, and, I, and I'm deaf. So I got to wear glasses when I go to the movies. So, and, and, and I love to just see subtitles. But this movie was really good. It's it's a three-part movie. The third part is really short. The first two parts are pretty long. But it's 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 something that you everyone pretty much would enjoy. If you're in a theater that's full, you're going to hear a lot of reactions from this movie. So I don't want to give too much to spoil it. Just go out, watch that movie, and enjoy yourself. Have a good time and enjoy the movies. The movies are still a good place to go and visit. I, <laughs> I love the movies. I, I need to go take myself on a movie date one day. You see that um, Batman, right? Nah, not yet. Oh, not yet. I, I, I haven't had... It's not a good time for me right now. You got HBO. Uh, I, I I can probably watch it right now before the kids come back. But outside of that, I don't really have. I really, I, I really haven't had the opportunity. Watch it really today. As soon as we done recording, you only throw that movie on. <laughs> <laughs> movie is good. All right. All right. Once again, please hit the like like button. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure you leave some comments. Make sure you shout us out five stars wherever it is that you're looking at us watching us listening to us give us those props all right let's share this Again. amongst other nick fans that you know yeah we're on twitter we're on instagram we're on tiktok we're on facebook we're everywhere youtube everything <laughs> spotify <All right. laughs> once again Thank you guys for listening to That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter 
at the Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.